Hello live. Me. Oh. Woo. Oh wow. All right, that was not a Barstool good Sports ESG reports. <laughs> that no one tuned in for. It's the ESG industry's only weekly woke data podcast featuring BS man Matt Muscardi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a quick shout out this week that I want to make. Right in the middle of my introduction? Fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Before we... I know we have our sponsor. Yes. I'm getting there. Gage. I'm getting there. Well, we have another group Mm -hmm. that we should reach out to to sponsor with S-Gage. Chipotle? Equally as important. Equally as interesting. Because they make... Ba-ba-ba-bam! Woke Nitro Coffee. I don't understand. This is a group... Um, uh, called Monaqua Brewing Company. They are mm-hmm. based in Wisconsin. Okay. They actually make canned coffee called Woke. Oh. Okay. And it's it actually says Get Woke, Go Broke. That's what they say, right? Au contraire, mon frere. They actually are donating to political causes on the woke side. Is it like 1,800 milligrams of caffeine? Uh, I believe it will kill you if you drink it. I'm pretty sure. Um, no, I don't know. It's just uh, it's just coffee. It's coffee in a can. Well, it's woke, supposed to be delicious. If I you're listening to yet. us, go ahead and sponsor us. We have a sponsor hotline somewhere. We do. Yeah, it's called Email Damien. In today's eggplant sauce goo called May 3rd, 2023, random ESG headlines, a word from our sponsor, and a woke Data Wars meatball update. That's true. We do. Ah! It's very meatball-y today. Our show today is being sponsored by S-Gage, your ESG data solutions provider. That's true. S-Gage is stopping by later in the show. He's talking about, what are you talking about? New shareholder proposals, I believe. believe. Oh. I'm excited. Okay. (laughs) I love that guy. I love his voice. It's like it it relaxes me and informs me. Don't kiss his voice's ass. (laughs) Ready? Want to do this? I'm kissing our sponsor's ass. Should oh, right. Yes. That? I love his voice, too. <laughs> Here's to you, Paul. <laughs> All right. Let's do, no, it. let's do it. Random ESG headlines in no particular order. You ready? I, I know you're ready. I am not, but let's do it anyway. Qantas. It's Australia's flagship carrier picks its first female CEO. To lead oh. the company uh, uh, after 100 so years of being in business. So nice. It's a nice change. But is she qualified? Why are we focusing on whether she's a female? Well, I, I have some information about this. Uh, so Alan Joyce is stepping down, and uh, the CFO is actually stepping up. V- Vanessa oh. Hudson, a little unusual, but maybe good for women because we're seeing a lot more women in the CFO roles. I mean, but, if she's yeah. the CFO, ostensibly she's qualified. Here's why I'm covering this. I mean, I like to cover all new female CEOs, but here's really why I'm covering this. This is to secretly sell our product. Matt, I looked into our data to, and I asked it. I asked Board Team Metrics, could our data have predicted this? I, predicted I don't the know. CEO change? Probably the not. The answer is maybe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ready? We really got him there. According to our data, the current batting average for the board, the current Controversies average is a horrible 
0.04. Wow. Four. I mean, I don't know how to say it so long. Oh, and Got it. equally bad is this very scary. Uh, they're hitting 60 in earnings, and this is on a scale Ooh. from zero to a thousand. <sighs> That's so, not great. Here's how I say maybe our data could have predicted this. This should this data could have told us that they were building a class glass cliff over at Quantum. They're, they were constructing oh, like a glass that. cliff, I and like they that. they kind of slid in a female CEO. What a perfect time to take over the company, right? There. It does seem like it's cliffy. It doesn't it seem like there's only uh, the, actually it seems trophy. It seems like they're at the bottom of the cliff already. Um, but yeah, not 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 super. Um, I'm, no. I'm not a fan, and I'm not sure then that she is qualified. Um, and maybe she should well, be fired. They're either building a glass cliff, or they realize they if their earnings if they're if they're so terrible at earnings that maybe they do need a, a financial expert to turn the company around. That would be delightful. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Woke data wars. Oh. I don't have a Can lot have to, to say. This? I don't have a lot to say here. Bud Light sales fall 26% as transgender backlash worsens. I don't really have much to say about that. So apparently all the people buying the Bud Light to light it on fire, shoot it, run it over with their They're car done. was not enough. No. That's what we're saying. I, I, are, do we really hate trans people so much that... W- Sales drops a quarter, not because it tasted horrible. Mm-hmm. We put up with the fact that it tasted horrible. Nobody liked drinking it. And we were already paying too much for it. No, they put a can of Bud Light in front of a trans person. That was the difference maker. Yes. Congrats, which was, America. Which was, yes. <laughs> How about this story, Matt? This is like a company after our own heart. I put this in our deep fake meat by deep fake milk category. Oh, that's a category? <laughs> this is just a weird one, but this is great for us at Business Pants. Last fall, a website called Fuck Oatly appeared. <laughs> I mean, Ouch. technically, it's F, F asterisk CK Oatly. This is a website. But Fuck why? Oatly. Oatly is the oat milk company, right? It yeah. detailed the company's PR mess ups and scandals including a, a, its legal battle with a smaller plant-based brand and its sale of oat residue to pig farms. Well, the news coming out today, Matt, is that it was Oatly itself that put up the website. <laughs> uh, the question is why? And here's their answer. They say, uh, for starters, it's super convenient to have the latest boycotts and criticisms all in one place. More importantly, <laughs> we're not the type of company to hide from moments like this. So they're... I guess they're just sort of like wokely into full disclosure. They're just like they're, they're true ESG champions, right? They're disclosure. I don't. I, there's there's too much to parse here. I yeah. don't know where to go. First of all, they made their own. They they criticized themselves on their own website. They made a they new website criticizing themselves, <laughs> and and they did it in the name of ESG transparency. They did it in the name of disclosure. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a strange one, no? There's a lot going on. Uh, so uh, they also said at the end, they said, if you don't like Fuck Oatly, the website, there's also Fuck Fuck Oatly, another website where visitors can click a button confirming their disapproval of Fuck Oatly. So they're really all they're all in wow, on this joke. Uh, this is this is too much. <laughs> I'm I'm too I'm I'm too confused. I don't even yeah. know what's happening. 
Uh, but this is, uh, I don't, uh, is this the new wave of VSG, I ask you? I just can't. Is this millennials I, and, and Gen Zers, what their their version of VSG? No, I need I need more. I need someone to tell me what to think about this. Is this woke or is this what you're here this for? Is the Super Mario Brothers of of company website moves and disclosure. Like, am I supposed to hate this? Am I supposed to like this? Honestly, what am I doing? One thing we've seen is that when companies get ahead of their own scandals and actually try to figure out how to, you know, build from them, evolve from them, they get a lot less uh, criticism, right, from investors. Don't you think? As opposed to hiding and having things drop in bomb-shaped well, forms. Well, I mean, it's, it's better than Hindenburg Research putting out a like a 60-page paper that says you're a Ponzi scheme for sure. But still, I, yeah. I, I, need, I, need, I need guidance. They said that we see all the negative headlines, posts, and petitions as an inevitable consequence of trying to create positive societal change. Wow. All right. So they basically just said, when you do anything nice, everyone hates you. We're just going to collect all the hate in one place so you know. But you can also, uh, you know, you can learn. Again, you can learn from the hate. You can learn from mistakes. You can, Right? There's a, it's not just like Anheuser-Busch. You're selling it hard. It's not Anheuser-Busch, they just kind of threw their hands up. They're just like, we no, don't know what to do. They threw out the executive that <laughs> they true. hired who well, told them what they were going to do they and didn't did even. it, and they, then they threw them out They anyway. put her on leave. They didn't even yeah, really throw her that out. That sounds like thrown out. Yeah. In fact, leave seems like one of those things that's like, when we're done losing money on this and backtracking and being jerks about it, then you're fired. I have a guarantee for you, Matt. If Budweiser and Hunter Bush came out with its own fuck Bud Light website going over this controversy, I bet they'd win back most of their detractors just because it was kind of honest and funny. No? Okay. (laughs) I don't think so at all. Not even a little bit. I didn't think I'd spend that much time there. A bunch of things and stakeholders rule in our ESG news focus here couple of strikes matt hollywood writers go on strike i saw that that's sad and happy no i'm kind of re- relieved I, I, i'm sick of it all i'm sick of all the content if Do you know what happened content, the last come here. time come here wait, if you want whoa, content. Whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah the last time there was a strike mm-hmm. you know what happened no an explosion of reality tv uh, that's what happened <laughs> well this is terrible we're a version of reality tv so come here come to business pants no we're the opposite of reality tv we aren't throwing our d- underwear at each other and getting drunk and punching each other every that's day that's true we're research-based uh, snark also uh 500 american airlines pilots are protesting the, this is like a pre-strike strike they're protesting the slow pace of contract talks Ooh. near, uh, so they're they're like pre-strike striking. Yeah, what is that? Is that that's not a strike? That's that's a that's a someday we might strike if we don't speed up. Here's why I brought them up. Why is it okay for certain industries to strike but not others? Like, why are we okay with airlines? We seem to be into we seem we're into like labor uh, in sports. But why not other forms of labor? Why, why, would why? you like to strike is really the question. I, we should I have a like list of which industries are most strikeable. Is there an industry that you want to see strike soon? Like, let's just get striking. Um, oh, how about the... Uh, is there an industry that controls uh, Vivek Ramaswamy? Like, is there, is there a union behind Strive Asset Management? I wish they would go on strike. There is. There <laughs> is that industry. All right. Enslaved labor back in the news. Oh, 
Where's that's fun? Where's the that House on? Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, that's true, Matt. There's actually a House Select Committee on the Chinese Communi- Communist Party. Yeah, th- they they put that up as soon as they s- finally had a house. They sent working. letters to the CEOs of two American companies and two Chinese companies. That's Adidas, Nike, Shine, and Temu. Although, is Adidas an American company? I'm, I, I don't know about that. I, I think they're German. According to Forbes, they are, but, you know. Uh, the, Forbes also reports a lot about WWE matches. I don't really know what's going on <laughs> at Forbes. Uh, they asked them about forced labor and banned cotton products in the goods they sell to U.S. consumers. Uh, at the heart of the matter is whether the apparel companies are in compliance with the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. That's a nice act. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, yeah. I don't mean to giggle after saying Uyghur <laughs> well, Forced Labor. Did. What I was really giggling at is that since Emma Lurking left, these headlines have disappeared. I, that's why I'm laughing. I, I think she took she, them with her. I think she took them with her. I don't know yeah. how she did that. Um, I do think though that. They don't have to call the companies, send letters or, or emails to the companies. They can go to their, like, I know Nike's website has a really long, detailed list of where everything gets manufactured, who manufactured it, and what they do about, like, potential Uyghur issues. So, you know, rather than writing a letter to them saying, what are you doing, you could read. It's, like what, it's called ESG. I like it. Also, two 10-year-old children were found working at a Louisville McDonald's uh, sometimes until 2 a.m., the U.S. Department of Labor said yesterday. Ten-year-olds? <laughs> until, I don't know which got me more, the 10-year-olds or the 2 a.m. part. They, I don't know. Ten-year-olds, like, at 4.30, I'm kind of okay with, but <laughs> 1.30 a.m.? I don't know. Have you seen <laughs> the people going through the drive through lane at 1.30 a.m.? I don't know. Can a ten-year-old even reach the top of the counter? To Can like you imagine a ten-year-old's like seventeen-inch arm dangling out, trying to deal with like a a, a meth addict who, addicted? Whose parents Big were Mac like, buyer? "I have an, You know what? You 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 got to get yourself a gig at McDonald's. Uh, the agency also found uh, three franchises covering covering over sixty McDonald's employed three hundred and five children to work uh, more than the legally permitted hours and perform tasks prohibited by law for young workers. So McDonald's you know, is a place to send your children. The new me, summer <laughs> camp, right? Why not? McDonald's could put out its own website called Fuck McDonald's and then talk about how this is the new summer this. camp. And this, uh, they could put all these stories on that website and then they could, uh, then it's about, about transparency. This does actually sound, you know where you get this information though? Where's that? ESG data providers. That's They have this information. Uh, let's skip over to our final story, uh, the alternative democracy. Oh, that is shareholder votes, annual meeting. I don't know why you hate this so much. I know. I just hate when you talk about it. It's just sick uh, forever. This one came from the New York Post. See, the good thing about the woke data, the anti-ESG words is now we're getting all kinds of, uh, weird conservative entities reporting about this stuff. The headline is Coca-Cola shareholders vote down proposal that targets pro-life states. So shareholders ask uh, uh, for a proposal to conduct a survey into how state laws restricting abortion impact the company's business performance. I only Here's the only reason why I picked the story, Matt, is that the New York Post claimed that the proposal was introduced by a nonprofit called As You Saw. <laughs> S-A-W. 
<laughs> was it really? Is that yeah. is that <laughs> as you saw? They repeated it several times. So this was their opportunity, their big opportunity to be nationally known, and they got misrepresented as you saw. Wait, is there a different organization? No, no, that's no. about lumber. Well, <laughs> uh, the, the proposal did get thirteen percent that said yes, but it did fail. It's true. You know what's interesting about that proposal? If you have a proposal surveying how state laws restricting abortion impacts company business performance, the the outcome could be it doesn't. It actually, as you so, could be very progressive and want to know, you know, how badly abortion hurts a business. Mm -hmm. And then the outcome of it could be it actually didn't hurt our business and does we don't see it. That well, it's it will. true. And then the anti-woke would be happy. That's the thing about transparency and disclosure. It well, that, actually is useful both ways. Well, that's what I was going to say. You're basically making the point that ESG is not inherently political. It's not. It's, it's the just opposite you, of it. <laughs> you can sell it from a from a left or right perspective, but it's just data, people. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, uh, wait, one more. Finally, uh, in God, your no. in your equity, diversity, and inclusion programs are deeply racist and sexist because they devalue merit. Wait, this is what they wrote in a proposal? Wait, uh, uh, no, there is a proposal at Kellogg. You didn't let me finish the joke, but that's fine. There is a proposal at Kellogg uh, that asks, this is a very Vivek Ramaswamy proposal. We're seeing a lot of these this, this year. It's, it's stating that the equity, diversity, and inclusion programs are deeply racist and sexist. That's a quote, deeply racist and sexist. Okay. And, and that they devalue merit. Okay. okay. <laughs> because... If you understand their line of thought, Matt, the the idea is is that if you want that black people and women are are less excellent, right? They they oh, if you hire well, black people yeah. and women, that's it means it. you're not focusing on merit. Do you understand the logic here? Yeah, you devalue merit by saying black people and women exist because they're dumber than people like us, white dudes. Right. Right. Right, it's like the it's like the Tucker Carlson text message of shareholder proposals. Uh, this was a Kellogg's Kellogg company. Uh, you you want to take a guess at the how many yes votes it got? What the percentage of yes? God, I mean, how much did Strive own? Did they? <laughs> That's the like question. Point seven percent. It got two percent. Oh, so I guess two percent of investors are nuts is that what we're learning <laughs> i think though you can't have a shareholder proposal that gets like everything yeah. gets two percent right yeah. that's it that's all i got all right well, well we've got um we're gonna do uh we're gonna hear from paul right now. yeah it's right? a perfect SKH? segue he's talking let's, about new shareholder resolutions let's let's go over to paul let's talk to paul paul come on in tell us all the things hello and welcome to s gauge statistic of the week or every other week as it's becoming what we're going to look at this week are new types of shareholder resolutions. So the first of these is on plastic. And then there's a new type of climate-related shareholder resolution. Obviously, there's been a lot of climate resolutions around for a long time. This is a slightly newer one. Um, there's been a significant growth in the shareholder resolutions calling for racial equity or civil rights audits. Um, there's been a development in political spending types of shareholder resolutions. The first one is lobbying as it relates to climate positions. And the second one is lobbying as it relates to health issues, which are the abortion rights shareholder resolutions that have been filed. 
and then there's a slight change to um, pay equity gaps, and this is about pay inequality. So there have been a number of these resolutions um, filed this year. The total number this year so far is 377. That compares to 512 last year. But it's early days and a lot of proxies are still not filed yet. Um, very few proxies have, uh, have gone to resolution. Um, only 21 uh, votes on shareholder resolutions so far this year. But things are beginning to hot up this week with a lot of uh, annual meetings coming up. Um, and in particular, the, um, the resolutions that we're looking at here, for example, the plastic pollution one, uh, which given there's a, a pile of plastic bags the size of North America approaching ho uh, Florida at the moment, uh, seems to be a particularly important one. There have been seven plastic pollution shelter proposals uh, filed this year. So that's, that's a fairly significant increase uh, as far as that's concerned, given that I... I'm not sure I remember other more than one or two in other years. There have been, well, this is just the largest number of shelter resolutions uh, in, in the sample, as it were, which was environmental issues, climate related. There are 76 of those, which is, I mean, we're getting close to a third of all re resolutions there. And the, the climate related lobbying slash political spending resolutions have reached uh, 12 this year, which is pretty significant. There were a couple last year. I know that some were withdrawn uh, because companies agreed to make changes to their, their climate lobbying policies. These resolutions are tending to target companies whose, whose public statements about uh, climate change are at odds with those of their trade associations in many cases. You know, they may be they may be saying, well, you know, we want to be Paris compliant and their trade associations are lobbying against climate regulations that would help us be Paris compliant. And then the uh, health related um, political spending lobbying proposals There's only one so far uh, this year, but uh, there are more to come. And I think that there are more being challenged at the SEC a significant number being challenged at the SEC so that companies are trying to prevent them from being on their proxy statements. So those are a couple of the ones we're looking at. Oh, the last one, I'm sorry, I forgot this one. The last one was the racial equity and or civil rights audit. There have been 31 of these filed this year, which is a, which is a, a pretty significant number. So the last one is the racial equity and or civil rights audit, uh, shareholder proposals calling on companies to perform those. So we're looking at 31 of those this year so far. Um, there was a similar number last year um, with fewer voted on. I think many companies actually just simply agreed to go ahead and conduct a civil rights audit. What happens there is that it's basically it's a, a an outside body is requested to come in and order the company's policies as they relate to uh, racial, gender, ethnic hiring, treatment of workers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, pay is part of it as well, but generally just you know policies and practices as they relate to minorities. So that's it for our quick look at shareholder proposals and new ones this year. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next week or the week after with some more statistics of the bi-weekly. And this is Paul Hodgson signing off. Matt. Nice. That was Paul Hodgson, S. Cage. 
30 racial equity audits. That was the number one criteria for Strive to vote against. That was their top it's their thing. That's their thing. We vote against that. Let's get women and black people out of America. Oh, I mean, uh, what? Speaking of which, what do you have for us? You have some woke data wars updates. Here we go. I'm going keep it short to make this entertaining. Just don't don't depress me. It's too late. All right, Meatball Ron signs a what? document that says things yesterday. T- yesterday what? was a big day for Meatball Ron signing anti-ESG legislation. So this isn't what? even Disney-related. This is anti-ESG. This is pure anti-ESG. It's being called the a, most sweeping anti-ESG legislation signed yet today. Oh, I thought we. I thought our company was the most sweeping anti-ESG well, legislation. We are not sweeping anything. But here's where 90% of the document revolves around one phrase. Okay. Pecuniary factor. Oh no, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> it's, what they've done is updated the language in their existing legislation to mm-hmm. say, the term does not include the consideration or furtherance of any social, political, or ideological interests. It says that everywhere. It says you must adhere to pecuniary factors. Pecuniary factor, if you don't know what that is, is supposed to be a factor that is material to the risk and return of inve- investment. That's it. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a factor that matters. And now they're updating it to say does not include consideration of any social, political, or ideological interest. Yeah, but how, like, what is that? Like, how are you even alive at that point? If you if you eliminate social, political, and ideological from your life, what is it? What is your life? Well, You're staring saying, at a Lego brick? No, it's just saying the, the consideration of those things are not pecuniary. And then but, they but, go on. All right, but uh, I'm just saying try living in the Western world without everything is political. Everything you do is political. Well, they do not define. In fact, this decision what itself sounds really, really, <laughs> really, really political. They do not define at any point mm-hmm. what social, political, or oh. ideological interests are. Of course, right? That might help, though. But I think so it's being a Democrat might be. There is yeah. there is a very much a read my mind about what's woke element mm-hmm. to this. Um, but they do say that they want an oversight group that will provide a quote an attestation under penalty of perjury stating the organization has complied with being pecuniary basically okay. um, so now they're putting up you have to attest you like raise your hand in the shape of a fist and say i wasn't woke this year okay. um, uh, wow. they also uh they are asking for uh, on every odd numbered year a report that details the governance policies concerning decision-making in vote decisions and adherence to the fiduciary standards, including this new standard. So every other year, the odd years, you're going to get a report about the social, political, and ideological interests that you avoided. Um, oh, God. It's the Prove You're Not Woke report. And then but what every if, but what if you're, even year, they're going to review di- another set of stuff. What if you're divesting from a company because the CEO put his th- three cousins on the board and you just don't like that's part of ESG like just I'm just going to get to that. Hold on okay. a second. OK. <laughs> all right. Um, all investment advisors mm-hmm. must also prove that they comply. OK. Um, there's, a lot, no of, there's one, a lot of like hand on Bible stuff. I like that. This I love is basically Bible stuff. you need to prove yeah. show us that you didn't have further social ideological or political you didn't consider 
or further any of those interests. Yeah. Prove it. Um, then it goes on to say, no one in Florida is allowed to issue an ESG bond. No <laughs> climate wow. bonds, no sustainability bonds, yeah. which is going to be hard considering Florida needs to build walls to stop the ocean from covering Florida. And they're going to need to pay for that with bonds that they take out to pay well, for that. But they cannot call it an ESG bond or a climate bond. They have to call it the ocean wall bond and they cannot go. This is specific. They are not allowed to go get that bond vetted by a third party for any ESG criteria. Okay. But what if you're investing in the companies that ESG hate? Isn't that also kind of using ESG to, to pick your portfolio? It doesn't say that. So you can, so you can, cause you know how there are more and more funds coming up that are intentionally investing. You know, what it says is you're not yeah. allowed to look at the ESG when you do it, you can uh, just okay. close your eyes and point. I'm and then, confused. Okay. Yeah. Here's the best part, though. Okay. The very best part, my absolute favorite part of mm -hmm. this entire letter. He literally, not figuratively, literally legislated against the Larry Fink letter. What? He legislated against the letter. Yeah. It says. What does that mean? I'm just, I mean, this is a direct quote, okay? Yeah. You're going to have to let me quote the whole thing. It t it's going to take oh. a second, but quote, any written communication by the investment manager to a company in which such manager invests public funds on behalf of a government entity must include the following disclaimer in a conspicuous location oh if God. such communication discusses social, political, <laughs> or ideological interests. Okay. The views and opinions expressed in this communication are those of the sender and do not reflect the views and opinions of the people of the state of Florida. What? The contract may be unilaterally terminated at the option of the government entity if the investment manager does not include the disclaimer required. What he said mm -hmm. is if any company the state does business with puts out any collateral that mentions social, environmental, governance issues, where on that collateral, it must be put in a, quote, conspicuous place that the views are not those of the people of Florida. Can you just put a picture of, like, Tucker Carlson there? Does that... Can you it? imagine having to comply with this? Like you, you're gonna have. It means that just it's more not boilerplate language. Is that what it's no, asking for? No, this is for? not. They did not limit the col the collateral to Florida. If mm -hmm. you write the letter, like, and it goes to Florida, or if you write the letter and it goes to the United States, it means if you do business with Florida and you're a European bank, yeah, every piece of collateral you give anyone anywhere because Florida is your customer must say the views and opinions expressed in this communication are those of the sender and do not reflect the views and opinions of the people of the state of Florida. That includes everything that says anything about governance and boards and everything. Okay. Uh, that It goes on. Mm-hmm to say that bank loans are for everybody. Now they move into banks. Now bank we're off loans. investment man. Now we're saying bank loans are for everybody. Okay. You cannot be denied a bank loan because of religion, political speech, if you own guns, if you sell fossil fuels, if you cut down forests. You can't be denied a bank loan if you fail environmental standards. Can't be denied a bank okay. loan for that. In fact, you can't even use corporate board characteristics. It says this. You can't use corporate board characteristics as criteria for your bank loan. 
<laughs> I'm most confused by this one. So basically, it's, if you're a if you're a lending bank, you you can't make any decisions. You can't make decisions based on any criteria. But but so DeSantis is effectively controlling the decision making of the banks themselves. Yeah. So what he's saying now yeah. is a well armed cult leader who sells red cans of gasoline just to, that they use in the cult to light houses on fire. And if that person sits on the board of a white power organization, they cannot be denied a loan on any of those bases. So is he just trying to, why doesn't he just nationalize everything? Isn't that what he's trying to say? He's trying he wants to nationalize the banks. It is the most state control stupid legislation because yeah. first of all, in for no people place, who hate communism, this is, a form of communism, I suppose. <laughs> it's in no place in the document does it actually identify what a social, political, political, or ideological well, Matt, interest is. Because it's everything. Because it's it, literally everything. What he's given himself the ability mm -hmm. to do is unilaterally punish anyone he disagrees with in, in fact, any way. Couldn't you? And couldn't, he's trolling them by making them put his face on every piece of collateral Matt, that they put out. Couldn't you say that even like building and improving seawalls in Miami is a political gesture? Could you not? That feels like an environmental gesture. Which is yes, political, that's, right? That's exactly. That's not going to fly. That's not going to fly. Right. No, but I'm saying, I, we're, I don't know. Is I, I don't know. Okay. I, can we Can we stop? Thank you. Oh, I, uh, wait, I could have just played that music before and shut you up. You could have just shut me. You could have played that I don't want to ever hear from before. Meatball Run. I'm so sick of Meatball Run. Well, it, here's the news, people. Free float. Business, board Saber Metrics cannot be sold in Florida anymore. If oh. you are in Florida and you wanted a piece of the greatest governance people metric product ever created... I'm not saying that lightly, ever. Yeah. If you live in Florida, you operate in Florida, can't help you. Sorry. You have Meatball Ron to thank. That's all we got. That was Paul from S-Gage. Thank you, S-Gage. It's Damien Rollis. I'm Matt Muscardi. We are Free Float. If you like this, we'll be back tomorrow with round, well, part two. Oh, yeah. Part two. That's right. Of our board draft. 2023 board draft. Board draft. The, the only one ever. Anything. No one ever has done this before. Till then, goodbye.